Hello and welcome back to the In the Can podcast. As always, my name is Devin and I'm here with James and Tom. And this week we're going to go over the movies that we've seen this previous week. And our main topic will be in a couple of days. Cool. Uh, you should be used to this by now, so I should stop having to explain it, but you know, still, it's always good for a refresher. Yeah. How are you two doing this week? Pretty good, actually. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a good week. Cool. Have you seen a lot, Tom? Absolutely not. Unless it's on Disney Plus, haven't seen anything. All right. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, James, what have you seen? I saw the movie Annihilation. It oh. came out last year, starring Natalie Portman, and that's. I know I had Benedict Wong, too. Hmm. Briefly. And also had Tessa Thompson, if I remember correctly. It did have Tessa Thompson, who is definitely a departure from the roles everyone knows her as. Yeah. Valkyrie? Yeah. It's it, Valkyrie's very in-your-face. Thompson's character in Annihilation, very much the, the wallflower. Yeah, she was kind of the nerdy scientist type, right? The quiet scientist type? Yes. Very much so. Hmm. Interesting movie. Kind of complicated on the feelings about it. I enjoyed it for the most part. the the last The last like half hour of the movie gets kind of like okay, it goes, it goes trippy. Odd. It goes trippy. But well, the problem the the problem I have with it is that it's the same problem I have with a lot of movies like Jumanji, all that sort of stuff. I don't care about the relationship BS. Yeah, I don't care about that. Once they got into what they called the shimmer, the mm-hmm. the dead zone, essentially. Then things got interesting. Uh, beyond that, I did not. I didn't give a. I didn't give a flying hell about the relationship problems. I didn't care about any of that. I literally just skipped past some of it at, at ten second increments because it's on Amazon Prime. And I was like, get past this. I don't care. They could literally have started the movie with her in the interrogation room, recounting what happened, and very briefly during the actual mission, touch upon the problems, and I would have been fine. Unfortunately, it's a fairly big side plot. Yeah. My biggest problem, again, is the, the last half. I didn't mind anything with the, the relationship stuff in it. Um, it's more... It felt kind of just slightly dragged out. Here it there. felt bogged down by it, yeah. to me. Just, but I really do like the director. He did. Um, he's the guy who did... Um, Ex Machina, Alex Garland. Mm. Yeah, all. Hey, he's also got a couple people from Ex Machina in that. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie myself. Also, visually, mm, absolutely stunning. I remember I wanted to see it. It looked like an interesting movie when I first saw the previews for it uh, when it was coming out, but I just never got around to seeing it, unfortunately. I don't think either of you have seen it, but for anybody listening who has seen the that old Russian movie Stalker, it's like a modern day version of that. Which was very interesting. Just a couple more pitfalls for me than that one had. But again, visually, absolutely stunning. (laughs) Just a myriad of images. Even the stuff that you knew was fake went well with it because one, it's the ex, like that whole alien world sort of thing. Okay. As well as just it looked amazing. (laughs) The soundtrack was also wonderful throughout the entire there's this soft guitar that's basically playing arpeggiated chords okay. every so often and with a main bass string that's constantly kind of shifting and yet it catches your attention because it's just it's just so it's so soothing in its own way 
Hmm. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury were the composers. They also did Ex Machina and Free Fire. They did a wonderful job in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, Devin's right. The last half hour, it gets trippy. It like, gets trippy to a, not quite to like interstellar. Interstellar trippy where it just kind of breaks itself. It doesn't break itself, it's but it, it definitely goes way. It goes weird. It just feels like a different movie all of a sudden, and I'm okay with it. But it, it was one of those. It's kind of okay. Uh, someone really wanted to make a like H.P. Lovecraft movie. It would. I was about and, to say it is the best adaptation yeah. of a color out of space we're ever gonna get. Yeah. Well, mm, that's coming. So. Really? Yep. Okay, we're gonna talk about that afterwards because I want to know. Who. Yeah. Because yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's that's actually really curious now. But no, it. I'd recommend it. Okay. It's a two-hour movie, and the only part where it felt like it was actually that two hours were where I got bogged down by the relationship stuff. Mm. If the, if I could have cut those out and just had the brief flashes when it was appropriate, it probably would have been like an easy eight and a half nine for me. As it is, six and a half seven. I gave it about a seven. Okay. Yeah, that's it's good. Definitely worth your time. But okay, well, definitely have to check it out, especially since I have Prime. So. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. Yeah, put on the put on the subtitles just in case though. Yeah, well, there's a lot. Of, it's like it's quiet. I well, I everything I watch has subtitles when I watch it. So good. It it's a little too quiet at times. I have a tendency of watching things late at night and uh, with um, pitch down so nobody hears it. Yeah, it's yeah. Good so. idea. Good idea. Very good idea. There's some really it goes it goes from quiet to loud hard. Yeah, there's a few movies that I watch. Uh, regularly that do that, so. Yeah. Alright, then, Devin? Well, I saw two movies this week. One is new in theaters. One came out earlier this year, and I am super pissed at myself for not seeing it. Um, it's called The Farewell. Okay. Directed by a female director named Lulu Wang. The story of this movie, one, it, it starts in New York following Aquafina, who I've never been a huge fan of Aquafina, mm-hmm. but this movie completely changed that. Um, I am like, holy crap, this, this woman can act. Holy crap. Like, this is the, uh, can you ever forgive me for her? So, okay. I'll ask uh, real quickly. Is that two words or one? Farewell. The farewell. The farewell? Yeah. So it's, okay, two it's one words. word. The, yeah. I apologize. Farewell, farewell is one, okay. Um, so the story of here is a hedgehog Chinese-American woman, Aquafina, returns to China when her beloved grandmother, known as Nene, is <laughs> diagnosed with terminal cancer. Eight. Billy, Aquafina's character, struggles with her family's decision to keep the grandma in the dark about her own illness as they stage an impromptu wedding for an excuse to see the grandma one last time. Oh, wow. Now, this is an actual thing. And this movie, it does a really good job of basically saying this is real and not slamming slamming you over the head with it. But Billy's character, she's kind of like, doesn't really have any connection to China. She moved here, moved to uh, America when she was like five. Yeah, really young. Doesn't really have a connection with the homeland. Yeah, but her family goes, and they're expecting, oh, she has cancer. Okay, well, we're going to tell her. We're going to go back. We're going to be sad. And the family decides, no, let her live her life until she dies. When it's too late to turn back, when it's, when she, like, starts to degrade her sister, or the great aunt, the the grandma's sister will tell her and then help her. But until then, let her be happy. And it's, it's one of those really weird, bittersweet movies that 
you know all the way through this is not going to end well. They're going to get caught or something. But they never do. They never go down the route of that cliche like, like how could you lie I to me? I have to tell but... grandma because the grandma did the same thing to the grandfather. Didn't tell the grandfather that he was dying until the week that like he went into the hospital and was finally permanently hospitalized. The biggest question I have for it, and please feel free to tell me, how far along was the grandmother? She apparently had two months to live. Wow. Okay, no, at that point, nope, you're going to be happy until you can't be happy yeah. anymore. Yeah. And they, that, that clears up any regrets, yeah. any questions for me. Yep. I'm with the family. Yeah. Yeah. Be happy. yeah. And that's kind of one of those that Billy thinks it's wrong, but at the same time, slowly starts to see her grandma being happy. Like, happy, like, it, the wedding is a complete sham. <laughs> the wedding, the... It's an excuse. It's Billy's cousin, um, who has been dating a girl for, like, three months, and the they live in the... This movie is almost completely in Chinese. Oh. But Billy quite often speaks English in a room to her mom, who also speaks English, and the rest of the people in the room don't speak English. Mm. And, like, that kind of thing. Oh, they have that fun little uh, thing of using and the language they don't this, know. There's a scene in the movie where the cousin, whose name I can't remember, and his Japanese wife, because the wife, the the cousin lives in Japan with father and mm -hmm. her aunt and uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has a Japanese girlfriend. Okay. That they're not actually engaged, but they're the only ones that have that age and look. So they, like, let's have a a fake wedding, so they're going through all the process of having the fake photo shoots, and it's obvious that they, they've only been dating for a little bit. And this is like, and she doesn't understand Chinese at all, so, but then she's talking Japanese, and other people are talking Chinese, so it's unsubtitled when she's talking, but everyone else is subtitled. That's funny. And then <sighs> there are times when Billy and the mother speak English, and there's a scene where Billy admits, like, I, I, I hate this. We didn't we never told him that he was dying, so I never got to say goodbye to my grandfather. We never we never admitted that he was dying until after he was dead, and I never got to say goodbye. I don't want it, that to be like that to Grandma. I want to be able to say goodbye to her. I don't want to have to hide the fact that I'm I'm sad inside. I want to just say I'm I'm going to miss you. I love you, and never gets a chance to say it. And like it's that kind of you know thinking towards throughout the movie that she's slowly like she ends up deciding to hide it from her but it's this really really well done film and that scene alone if uh, as weird as her um her name is aquafina decide awk i know i yeah um as weird as her name is if she gets an oscar nomination for it i would not be surprised she was phenomenal in this the biggest thing about that, like talking about the morality of all that sort of thing, yeah. is does it suck when you can't say goodbye? Yes. Yeah. I think every one of us yeah. has had some sort of thing on that. But the thing is, if you tell someone who doesn't know about that, who are you actually making feel better? Yeah. You are making yourself... It's, it's kind of the concept of confessing to sins on your deathbed. Who are you actually making feel better by saying, oh, I did this when this and I'm sorry about it? You're not helping yourself because all of a sudden, if you've done that, if you've done that wrong to someone else and you're confessing them, oh, I'm sorry about this. Now they have that mm -hmm. about you in their head. So yeah. who is it really making feel better? Yeah. So honestly, I'm I'm kind of with the family. It's like if they don't know, 
and there's no chance of it actually being cure, curable at this point. And it was terminal, I think it was lung cancer, wow. or some kind of cancer. So you know what? How you doing, Grandma? Let's plan this wedding. It's, yeah, we're like, we're going to have a happy time older, until you pass. The older generation, so the mothers and the aunts and uncles, were all kind of on board. The The ones that moved to Japan were on board. The, and like you get this kind of good family drama of like who in the family is, is up to this and who's going to be the one that snaps and who's going to be the one that doesn't. And everyone's looking at the main character because she's the one that's from America. I'm like, shouldn't we tell her? Isn't this like illegal? Hmm. It's illegal in America, but not illegal here. Right. Well, it's this because there's a whole, way the Chinese do it. Well, yeah, there's a whole different mindset that goes along with uh, the different cultures around the world on how they treat things. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm yeah. kind of, I'm kind of with the Chinese on this one. Yeah, and this one, they made a really good point for both sides. Like, shouldn't she know that she's dying? She should probably know that she's dying. That should be something she probably knows. But at the same time, if she doesn't know and she dies happy, does it really matter? Yeah, you don't get to say bye, but. You don't have to say bye. And the fact of the matter is, you never... The biggest point I have with that, one second time, is the fact that you never really know when's the last time you're going to see someone. So why why make a big point of being able to say goodbye for this specific thing? Yeah. You can just say goodbye, I love you, and not basically hint at the fact that because you're not going to be around in a week. And watching the movie... There are multiple times where I'm pretty sure the grandma knew she was dying. But she went along with it because... But she didn't... Like, she didn't want to tell anybody and went along with it, but... Because she was scene, also probably happy. Yeah. There's a scene later on when the family's, like, after the wedding, everyone's taking off, where you see her break down in the, in the like, mirror, in the rear mirror. You see her, like, put her hand... Or her face in her hands and stuff, and then they turn. It's like, wait, she knew this whole time that there was something else going on? And it's like, oh, that's an extra whoa. layer. But Tom, you were saying something. Well, I was going off of the whole idea of being able to say goodbye in a way that doesn't necessarily let them know no. that you're saying goodbye for that reason. Like you got to say, especially with um, Billy being from America, mm-hmm. she could say, "No, Grandma, uh, I hate to do this, but it's my my trip is up. I'm going back home." I love you. Goodbye. I might not see you for yeah, a while. I might not be back for a while, so I love you. Yeah, you know, no, no, no. Yeah, there's thing. And, and there's a way of doing it. Sure, yeah, you won't. By doing that, you're also saying you're not going to be around for their final moments. Like, if you're there visiting or whatever. But at the same time, you're also getting the closure that you need as the person still here left behind, yeah, I guess. I personally, it's that fact of, Again, going back to that, who are you actually making happy by saying something? Yeah. Is it to, is it for the person you're saying it to, or is it for yourself because you feel you have to do this, otherwise you're not going to get closure? What really matters at certain points? And honestly, a lot of the time I think people should just shut up about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Your feelings don't really matter, as harsh as it sounds. One of the one of the things I. I really liked about this movie is this is actually a real story. Uh, this so it's is based on a real story. Lulu Wang, the director, she wrote this based on her own family pulling the exact same thing. And she was the American she one. Was that thought she was Billy. Oh, that's wow. That's actually the grandma is still alive. Six years later. 
So they Happy. at the end of the movie they show the actual grandma with uh the the woman who plays the grandma dancing kind of like hey that's still awesome. alive six years later. That's the just, other thing. Whoa. Is that yeah. human body's weird. You don't know what's gonna happen in, in a that, month. Like that's amazing. Though. That's amazing, but at the same time, sucks for the cousin, man. Because now all of a sudden you're stuck with that lady. Otherwise, grandma's gonna kick your butt. Crap, crap, crap. And I hated this place was, so much. It's one of those movies that I just, I have a lot of respect for it. Like, it kind of came under the radar, and I saw that it was out, and I wanted to see it, but I just wish I saw it in theaters. That sounds interesting. When, it's such a good movie. When it was out, I kept getting really good reviews from the people yeah, who were going to see it at the theater, so yeah. it was on my list to see again, one of those ones I just never got around to. Maybe. Kind of the same. It was one that came out around the time of the film festival, and I just was like, "You were busy." I'll eventually get to it, and when it popped on um, my ultraviolet, I'm like, "I'm in. That's awesome. I'm good." So, all right. So, what's what else, Tom? Uh, what else, Devin? So, Tom, hi. Why? My name is Devin. <laughs> um, Your name's Tevin now. The other one I saw was a movie called Ford v Ferrari. Yeah, the Christian Bale. We mentioned this last week, didn't we? We mentioned that it was coming out. Yeah. 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 Well, that's why I mean. It's like we we yeah. mentioned about it. Ford V. Ferrari, directed by James Mangold, who did um, Logan and Walk the Line. Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's about American car designer Carol Shelby, played by Matt Damon, and driver Ken Miles, Christian Bale, uh, battle corporate interference and laws of physics and their own personal demons to build a re- revolutionary race car for Ford Motor Company and a cha- to challenge Ferrari at the 24-hour Le Mans race in 1966. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, Carol Shelby. Uh, of like the Shelby Cobra and all those you know, cars. He basically was contacted by Ford to make a racing car to beat Ferrari in a race that goes on for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the story about him and his friend slash kind of, not really a rival, but a friend that is kind of an asshole. Uh, Ken Miles, played by um, Christian Bale. Oh, how fitting. The two of them and a bunch of other mechanics work on a car built in a Ford. You could say it's a volatile friendship. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Miles is... He's not the nicest dude, but at the same time, he's a hes a really good father. It's weird. Like, he's a really good guy. It's just he's kind of an asshole. So, but... I identify with this. <laughs> but, uh... You know, Matt Damon, Christian Bale, John Bernthal played one of the suits for Ford. He's actually okay. really good. Um, I don't know. The Just overall, I really enjoyed this movie. Really f- fun, kind of relationship between the two the racing scenes really well done okay um especially all the stuff at Le Mans and the way everything was shot the whole concept of a 24-hour endurance race is a really interesting concept my biggest concern isn't necessarily the people because you probably you, you do it properly you can easily do that my biggest question is the gas mm-hmm. yeah well they deal with that they deal with the brakes breaking so, out of, out of curiosity, is it in the same track, or is it, like, it's kind of a... the a, same track for 24 hours. Oh, okay. It's this kind of winding, not full-on, like, NASCAR-style track. So, you actually kind of go off-road a little bit. Okay, but there is a pit stop. Yeah, there's a pit stop that they can do every every lap if they want. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they have a number of drivers they can shift out. I think there's two per car that they can shift between. Oh, so can somebody get a nap? Yeah. It's That's also cool. the oldest active sports car race and endurance racing, uh, having been act- active since 1923. Hey, so you got two people, eight-hour shifts. Yep. Yeah. And it's... Uh, can they play music? Uh, they don't have 
they don't have barely anything inside the cars. Oh, but, damn it. That would actually really um, suck. And they're going like 220 miles an hour. Yeah. So I don't care. I'll pop yeah. in the music. But um, I'll die to tunes. Damn it's it. Christian Bale and playing Ken Miles and a guy that plays McLaren who ends up going on to make the McLaren. Mm-hmm. Those oh, two no. drivers. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those that's just really well done. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, I'm not a huge car guy, but I still really enjoyed it. it it's one of those that was an interesting story I've never heard of before. So. Uh, cool. And then I really enjoyed uh, Matt Damon in the pit. Because Matt Damon used to be a driver. He be, he won Le Mans like three years ago or something, but he's now have, has like a prone to heart attacks. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But um, he was like messing with the uh, Ferrari people and went over and took some stopwatches or dropped a lug nut on the ground. So they think they messed something up and just that kind of stuff. And not know, actually doing a, anything, but yeah. messing with their heads. Yeah, it's a really fun movie. Um, really cool music, really cool uh, uh, cinematography. So you know, racing racing movies generally do have good music. I found this one was really this one had like that pumping thing during the races, but like it had I I don't really remember much music or score or soundtrack anywhere else in the movie so it's one of those that during the races it was great but i think it kind of jumped into like the 60s rock and stuff so. i know this is definitely one that i wanted to see the second i saw the commercial for it it just looked like an interesting yeah. movie in general and then also too you have christian bale and um matt yeah. damon so i mean like they're both very notable actors both of them very talented so it's hard to go wrong yeah with that kind of talent together on the screen at least Conceptually, it's hard to go wrong. Christian Bale probably get an Oscar nomination. I'm not sure if he really deserves it. Okay. He was really good. Don't get me wrong, but it's also similar to one of my problems I had with Joker. It was a really good acting job, but it felt like an acting job. Mm. It didn't quite feel like he was fully 100% immersed in that character. It was more like he was putting on a face. Hmm. So, But that's the only one that I kind of thought more as I stepped back from the movie. Yeah. So. Versus, say, uh, Brad Pitt and Ed Astra. Yeah, where I felt like he was the character all the way through, and I where you bought it, where it's yeah. like that—that that was him. So we'll we'll see if it gets any love. It'll probably get some cinematography. The some of the camera movements down through the cars and stuff was just phenomenal. But you could do that with CG. So yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So any other notes on any movies that we've seen this week? No, that's about it. Other than seeing Jojo Rabbit for the second time and cementing the fact that I honestly think it's one of the best movies of the year, nothing. That's hey, that you know what? That's something though. Yeah, cool. Uh, so let's jump into some news really quick. We're gonna take care of this now, so we don't have to deal with it on Thursday. Uh, first off, new Sonic trailer. They Looks changed really cool. it. Looks <laughs> really the cool. Redes- the redesign's good, and the feel of the trailer basically did a one eighty from the last one. Yeah. It feels energetic. It feels like a fun... It feels like a Sonic thing. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's going to be a good movie or not, it's kind of still up in the air. It, I still think I still think Jim Carrey is going to be one of the best parts of that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, For a given value. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, I'm not super excited for it, honestly, but I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. I, if, it, if it gets anywhere close to what Detective Pikachu did, I'll be happy. I'm, yeah, not, expect, I'm not expecting gold. That's about the level that I'm expecting. Like I thought Detective Pikachu was fun. Yeah. Not amazing. So that's yeah. kind of what I'm expecting. If this gets the same thing, you know what? I'll consider that a win. Yeah, I'm expecting an entertaining popcorn movie. Yeah. We're slowly getting to the point where now video games movies will actually be good. Yeah. At least watchable. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? 
baby steps, but the same thing happened with comics. Now look at yeah, that. Absolutely. Baby steps. If we <laughs> look, all I'm saying is that if we get the giant uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers universe, oh, geez, I'm, that would be I'm insane. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain too much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about that. You can't tell me the Metroid movie wouldn't be amazing. A Metroid movie would be awesome done properly, but that's the thing. If properly. you want Metroids, might I suggest Aliens? I knew you were going to say that. See, I'm more thinking like imagine a guy in a or a girl in a suit, not saying much with an arm cannon, and you know hunting things down. So that'd be cool, right? I mean, so just reskin Ripley. It's fine. I was more thinking Mandalorian with the female, but yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, yeah. Speaking of Mandalorians and segways, oh yeah. Let's mention Disney Plus because <laughs> it's kind of that big thing that's getting a lot of it got dropped reviews. Yeah, it did this week. Holy awesomeness. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little apathetic. Kind of the same. I'm pretty apathetic to it. So, Tom, I know you have Disney Plus. Yes. Is it worth it? <laughs> For me, totally. It gives me a lot of content that you can't find anywhere else, first and foremost. No, because Disney's extremely stingy about putting their stuff out on video and stuff. It is true. However,. For me, who I've been trying to get caught up, even on some of their newer stuff, so like things that you could, some of the newer cartoons like DuckTales, which I haven't, with David Tennant, that I haven't had a chance to really watch, um, and not having to watch it through their uh, web, or through their app for Disney XD, or something along those lines. Okay, um, I can see it. And have, being able to watch commercial free is awesome. Uh-huh. Okay. It's seven ninety nine a month, $70 for a year. That's not horrible. Right. Better priced than I'm sorry, six ninety nine a month or seventy dollars for a year. Yeah, that is not so horrible. Comparatively, it's better than Netflix as far as price. Yes, but the thing is, you're also losing everything I've seen. As someone who watches movies regularly and has seen movies, it is two episodes of Mandalorian and back issues of other things, and that's it. Like, sure, they have a Lady in the Tramp movie, but who gives a damn? I've seen Lady in the Tramp. They've got a couple of other. I don't watch Halloween Town. I don't watch. Well, um, it's a lot besides, of besides that, they've got a couple of their original series things on there. The stuff that's concerning National Geographic is actually pretty interesting. So I feel like that I can see elsewhere. And even if I can't, I can see. I feel like I have the Planet Earth DVD, and it's. Really well, awesome. there's actual shows involving people that isn't Planet Earth. Um, that's actually interesting to watch as far as that's concerned. Yeah, the biggest thing is I'm kind of with Devin in that is that one, it's a retread of all the stuff that if I, I've most likely seen, and if I haven't, uh, I'll watch it once and never watch it again. Or two, TV shows that I used to watch, like Darkwing Duck, Chippendales, all that sort of stuff, that at the moment you can still find DVDs of those seasons for a decent price, although that's probably going to go away. Um, soon because they want your money. So here's the other. Here's the other big key about this. It's unlimited downloads of their content, up to ten devices, so with is, their subscription. So is Netflix. I think that's six or seven. Right, but Netflix is fourteen dollars a month. And they have, to me, the con- like new content coming out on Disney Plus, Marvel movies or Marvel shows. Sure, I'm going to need to crank out some money to get the Marvel shows and to get Castle Rock when it is absorbed eventually. 
<laughs> and Mandalorian and whatever else is coming out. Mm -hmm. Right now on Netflix, I could go and watch Stranger Things, Orange is the New, like three seasons of Stranger Things, three seasons of 13 Reasons Why, six, seven seasons of Orange is the New Black. Um, what else is on that that I've watched? Mindhunter, two seasons. Um, whole bunch of movies. There's also the flip side of Amazon Prime. Yeah. Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime, it's about 99 bucks a year. But not only do you get a lot of the free shipping for because of that, but you also get a decent amount of stuff for free on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, and if you compare Carnival Row to uh, Mandalorian, there's still like 16, 17 shows on Amazon Prime, or there's 70 shows on Netflix. And that's like that's where the biggest issue is. Is I'd rather I could watch three, four, five times the amount of content on Netflix or an entire damn series of Carnival Row instead of two episodes of Mandalorian. As well as the fact that it's, at the moment, way more diversified on Netflix and Amazon Prime because Disney Plus is all the stuff owned by Disney, which, whether you like to admit it or not, is kind of at the older kids to, like, teens kind of thing for a decent chunk of it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I haven't quite looked at the, the entire thing, but a lot of that stuff is geared towards... I mean, yeah, you make good points. A broader audience. However, when I look at this and I go, oh, well, those are shows that I've never watched before. I don't know if I could even possibly find them anywhere else. I'll, you're also talking to somebody who also has cable access. So I also have everything through Xfinity that I want to watch as well. All available to me through streaming. So how's the Brachiosaurus there, Dinosaur Man? <laughs> <laughs> cable's a dying art. Now it just cord cut. So now we'll, now it will all be cable yeah. online when all those streaming devices are offered in one succinct program. Right. Kill me. But the thing is, is like, so I have access to all of this media more than I could ever possibly watch in one lifetime. That's also kind of the problem I have. Okay. And it really comes down to, gee, what am I going to spend my time watching? What am I going to do all this? Right now, I'm on a Disney kick. I'm only doing it month to month. I'm not paying the year right now because I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it. If I don't like it after a month, what? I'm out seven bucks? You're out seven bucks and you haven't seen the rest of Mandalorian. <laughs> okay, so cool. So I'm out $14. Yeah, but by then you, I... won't, you won't be all the way through Loki or whatever the next... Because they're going to be staggering this. That's, that's fine. That's their plan. Again, yeah, that's it's evil. That's fine. But if I don't like it, and I honestly don't like it, I have enough friends who have it. Plus, I'm a Verizon customer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, I mean, I have enough ways of getting this media that if I really want to try it out for this cheap price right now, I'm. It, uh -huh. it, what does it hurt to try? I mean, I waste more than $14 a week on random crap that I don't need or that I don't need. So $14 between two months, like, no, I, it's not a big deal. I agree. And we're definitely, we're definitely taking the more cynical side of it because I will probably, I'm also with Verizon. I will probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the unlimited plan so you can get that included right now. Yeah. But I'll, I'll probably try, I'll probably try out there the, the promotion that they gave me. And so it's. It's curious, but there's also the fact that you said it's like there's so much media. I don't have the time. Right. I need to pick and choose. I barely have. The, I play 
video games. I used to play video games practically constantly, and now it's like I barely have time to play it once a week, yeah. if I'm lucky. And it's everything else filling up so much. I don't need it with something that, like with Netflix, I paid for it, I used it for a month, and then for the next three months, I didn't use it, and yet still paid it. So I feel bad about the fact that I off myself 30 bucks when I could have stopped it that first month. When or like the second month, when it all of a sudden seemed like, oh, I'm not watching this as much. You know what? I'll cut it. If I if I liked it, if I if I do find myself more time, I'll come back to it. Yeah, but right. it's it's just one more serve, one more life service that they want us to sign up for, so that they can get continuous money. That's right. all. It's a very cynical take. I will 100 admit that, but it's also very likely the reason for, like Devin said, the staggering of the other actual shows. Right. You know what? I don't want to play that game. I mean, we do, as consumers, shoot ourselves in the foot more often than not when it comes to making these decisions on whether or not, oh, well, it's just easier to just keep paying for it than to just cut it off. And We made cable for the internet. Yes. I mean... I don't like that. With things like microtransactions going crazy in video games and everything else, we're at this point where we're so close to almost doing the same thing with the television shows that we watch, where it's going to be, well, forget this month-long subscription. Let's just pay by the episode for everything that you watch. That would be the most horrific thing on the face of the planet for a consumer of media, for anybody who does anything in large amounts of media consumption. Because then you would have... The binge-watcher would be screwed. The binge-watcher would be screwed, and then pirating would go out to unbelievable uh, amounts like you've never seen before. Because yeah. you would have all these people going, I'm not going to do that. And they would be rebelling so hard. Yeah, well, yeah, we're also trying to get games in that same vein of, yeah, you just subscribe every month for about $15. Yeah, like I, I use Photoshop and they're like, there's a yearly subscription now for a thing I bought. I'm like, that, okay, that doesn't make any sense. That's but why I hate with Microsoft Office. Microsoft Office went to that. The Adobe Suite went to that, which it was relatively cheap when I got it. So I'm not complaining about the Adobe Suite. But no, now you are. No, it's not. But that's not that's not what this is. That's this. We've gotten a little off topic. But but like I'm on currently the uh, streaming services that I pay for, and if you include Voodoo, buying movies each week, but that's all another thing. That's its own thing. That's a remnant of buying DVDs. Um, Netflix, YouTube Premium, or uh, yeah, YouTube Premium, Red, whatever it is. YouTube TV is what I've replaced normal um, TV with. It's pretty good so far. I like it. And then I also have Crunchyroll and HBO Go. So it's like I have a bunch of things and I'm constantly watching stuff on them. For you, it's a little... For you, that that's perfectly fine because you, yeah. you're constantly watching stuff. Yeah. yeah. Me? I barely I barely manage to watch a movie or two a week. Yeah. And so I don't need... I don't need Netflix. I don't need the Amazon Prime yeah. video. I don't need all that sort of stuff. So my I don't subscribe to anything anymore. I'm that guy who's going to look for it for free and do my damnedest to do that. Yeah. Especially if it's come out, if it came out 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I also tried Hulu for all of three days, shotgunned all of Castle Rock and immediately quit because there's nothing else on Hulu I'm remotely interested in because it's just whatever's on cable. The only thing that I think that was on there that I was interested in was Firefly. Even that? But you have that. I have Firefly and yeah. DVD. No, no you, you're not Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah, you you have that, so yeah. that's not the issue. But, but I think I think me, I didn't. Yeah. I just wanted to easy shotgun it. But yeah, to me, it's all about 
ultimately exclusives. And the only thing right now that Disney Plus has is two episodes of Mandalorian. And by the time this comes out, it'll still be two episodes of Mandalorian. Right. So it won't end until December 27th. On top of that, ew. Right. So on top of that, you also have the idea that um, they talk about all these TV shows that they're going to be coming out with, all this original content that they're going to come out with, um, having all of their latest movies available at launch, that kind of thing. Well, we're still waiting on at, Far From Home, not available. Is it at DVD? Or do you know if they're going to be re- releasing, say, Black Widow Day Of on Disney Plus? Uh, that's that's one of those that it could be a really ballsy marketing move, but they might be moving on to that. So what they basically said was, from my understanding, which could be wrong, but from my understanding was they were going to make things like Frozen 2, Star Wars, Endgame, all of these things available at launch or when it comes out and becomes available. Out on become, DVD Digital? Out on DVD Digital or what have you, was the understanding that I had. Okay. So, if that's the case, then we're missing content. And I understand that there was this whole thing that went down with Sony involving May or may not have went down. But, right, it could have been marketing, whatever the case may be. The fact that they still don't have that content on Disney Plus is kind of upsetting. Because I have friends who don't have voodoo who don't have necessarily the inclination to go out and buy the movies necessarily but would like to watch the content and they have big families so they also don't have the money to go to the movies all the time yeah so they can't necessarily go to see the stuff and they'd love to see these movies but they're just getting around to seeing some stuff that's been out for two three years because it's finally available through something like disney plus yeah, and for me, wanting to talk to him about seeing this stuff, it's it's frustrating because I'm like, well, I know that you love these kind of movies, and I love know that you love these kind of this kind of content when you watch media. So, you know, when a media company says they're going to make it available and they don't, it's also frustrating too. Welcome to Bethesda. Well, yeah, yeah. but now it's what well, the biggest thing is that. It just launched, so we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, what was it, ten or ten billion people or something, or ten million people that signed up, signed up for it like day one? Would it surprise you if ten billion accounts were made in the first day? No, it wouldn't. But it'd be funny. Yeah, just Disney paid a billion people to to make accounts or something. I had signed up before it even started. Like the second I got my email saying you pre-ordered. A streaming service. My, I told. I was told. I I signed up for the information to let me know when it became available, so that way I didn't forget about it. Because you guys know, like you guys, a busy person, I don't always remember when certain things happen. Yeah. So I signed up for the email saying, "Hey, this is available, right?" They let me know a few weeks before it became available. Hey, if you're interested, you can sign up for it, and then you'll be. All you have to do is. Uh, as soon as launch happens, sign in with your account. And you're good to go. You're good to watch it. Either way, I'm I'm curious to see how it develops. Right. I'm curious to see moving forward if they stick with the week to week 
TV show type format, or if they're going to kind of do Netflix and let you binge watch stuff, because it just kind of right now feels like it's... It's a cash grab. It's not so much a cash grab, it's that they don't want to fully, like, admit... Hey, we have the show done already. Here it here it all is. Binge it all in a weekend and get all of our views in fast, and then quit. But when it kind of gets to it, you're going to have what six TV shows from Marvel in the next couple of years, and if that's strung out over the course of the entire year, that is, that's just not like I'm holding off until later in December to even bother because. Right now, the only thing on there that I even remotely want to even bother trying to watch is Mandalorian, which I've heard is good and I've heard is okay from people. So it's kind of up and down. The first episode's short. They just from stuff I've heard, it's either great or it's just kind of fun. And it's one that I want to see kind of how it develops. But I don't know. It, it's nothing in that that system and nothing in Disney Plus is making me need to go and buy it. Yeah, same. Which I can fully understand, and again, I'm hoping that in the future, what they end up doing is saying, hey, now that we've gotten all of our stuff rolled out across all the countries that we plan on rolling it out with, once we have all the content that we planned on initially trying to get out there, up and running, we're finally going to say, hey here's the entire season of said show yeah. all in one go. Here's all of the content for this thing all in one go. So that way we can get that whole feel. Yeah. And the people who want to binge watch can binge watch. The people who want to sit there and say, cool, we're going to sit down and, you know, a couple of us are going to watch a couple episodes this week because that's what we have time for. We'll get together next week when we get the chance and we'll watch a couple more episodes and we'll do it that way. Yeah. Because that's a beautiful thing with those streaming services that you have the binge watch stuff. You can do it however you want. What works for the schedule. The biggest thing is that it's too early to really tell. Yeah, it is. It really is. Especially yeah. it's been out. It just launched. not even a week. Yeah, it launched on the twelfth. Yeah. So. So Tuesday or something. Like that. Yeah. But I don't know. It's one that I'm. I'm not impressed with at all. I'm also not a big Disney, Disney proper fan, so I don't need any other back catalog. A and I'm taking that cynical. Oh, the mouse wants more rain. Sort of aspect yeah. to it. I enjoy the service for what it is, so that's the, cool. The rest of Simpsons could be interesting. <laughs> so mm. I have like the first twelve seasons on DVD, so I'm like I can continue with from there, but I'm not all that all that like excited to go and you know, bother watching it all. But so. that's it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're talking about. We're, we're next week. We're going to kind of do a rundown of movies coming up in uh, November and December. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. But until then, uh, we'll be back. Thursday with scores slash soundtrack slash composer talk. So come back for that. Until then, I've been Devin. I've been James. I'm Tom. And we're in the Can Podcast. Go see more movies. See you Thursday. <laughs>